Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch London. For more information and resources, please go to ChristchurchLondon.org. London for about eight years now and I've been in London for that long. I am originally from Liverpool which will always hold a special place in my heart Um, and it was in Liverpool a number of years ago just after I'd graduated from college that I got my first job as a primary school teacher and it was in an area called Bootle which is about a 15 minute drive from where I was living um, which is amazing if I was driving. But the thing was that I actually could drive. I'd passed my test a few years earlier, but not long after I passed my test, I was in a crash with a taxi driver. And thankfully, no one was hurt, but the whole front of my car was smashed off. Um, And he took me to court. (laughs) So that was not a great experience. Um, But there we go. (laughs) So then when I got this teaching job, which was a 15-minute drive away, I was actually too scared to drive there. And so I ended up taking the train for the first couple of weeks, which made it a really long commute. I had to switch trains. I was carrying all the books and resources that you need to when you're a teacher. And I was just getting unnecessarily worn out. And one day my dad said to me, Joe, you have got to start driving to school. And I said, I'm too scared. And so I said this morning, I can't quite believe I'll let him do it now. But for 10 days, my dad drove in front of me and I would drive behind him in my car. And he would drive and I would follow him. And he would drop me off at the school I taught at. And then he would drive on to the school that he taught at. And then at the end of the day, he'd do the same, pick me up and we'd drive home together. And then... <laughs> And then at the, about the end of 10 days, she just said, right, you can do this. You can do this. And you know what? I could. And from then on, I did. <laughs> and I tell that simple story to try and frame our time together this afternoon. Now, it is just a story. So it will break down at points. But if somehow we can see my dad as something of the picture of who God is, a God who loves us, a God who believes in us, a God who empowers us, a God who is our greatest encourager, and a God who does not want us to stay in places of fear or unnecessary tiredness just from busyness, but has actually invited us into an amazing eternal story, that would be my hope and my prayer for us today. And if you have joined us for the first time today, we're actually in the middle of a series called The Acts of the Spirit, which is where we're going through the the book of Acts in the Bible. And we're discovering how the Holy Spirit empowered the first followers of Jesus to live this life of faith and also how he empowers us if we have chosen to follow Jesus. Because Jesus tells any of us that choose to follow him to live like he did while he was on here on earth. That's what it means means to follow him, to live like him. And the thing is that Jesus never lived this earthly life by himself. He was always full of, empowered by the Spirit, in constant connection with the Father. 
And right at the beginning of the book of Acts in chapter one, we find Jesus gathering all his followers, his disciples, and he says to them, this is a paraphrase, but he says to them, listen, you're going to go into Jerusalem and to Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the earth, and you're going to help people find life in all its fullness. You're going to share this hope and this healing and this freedom and this forgiveness and this peace that you have found in me and you're going to change the world because of it. But don't you dare try and go on your own, he in effect said. Don't dare try and do this by yourselves in your own strength. Don't try and earn anything by this. Don't try and turn this into a religion of good works because this life of faith is all about relationship. And so we read in Acts chapter 1 that Jesus said, wait, and you will receive power from the Holy Spirit. And so they waited, and they did, and the book of Acts is what happened. And it's amazing. And our story from Acts that we're going to read just now highlights how the Holy Spirit actually empowers us to live bold lives. Lives that are receiving and cultivating and growing boldness, which is a strength courage, confidence, fearlessness, and full of love. So this is where we're going to read. It's from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 39, and it is a great story. And it says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on the way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch, oh, Eunice, <laughs> and then Eunice, sorry, and then the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. So Philip that we meet in this story is one of the men who were appointed by the church at the beginning um, to look after those people who were in need. 
in Jerusalem. And so we find him in Samaria actually because of what had happened the chapter before. If we read Acts chapter 7, we find here a man called Stephen who'd been stoned to death because he was preaching about Jesus. And the authorities hated the Christians and they were trying to do at the time anything they could to stop this message of Jesus from spreading, but they couldn't stop it. Even though they were persecuting and hunting down and killing and rounding up Christians, these followers of Jesus were wild and they were not giving up because they had come to know life in all its fullness and they had given themselves completely to live in this life of love and inviting others into it. And so just after Stephen was stoned to death, the Christians started to leave Jerusalem because of the persecution. They began to head to other cities and everywhere they went, they began to tell of this news of Jesus. And Philip was one of these that had been in Jerusalem and had then began to travel. And I just love it. It's so amazing because it's actually because of these men and women that we read of in Acts that we're sat here today. It's because of their beautiful boldness that generations throughout history have come to know of this life that Jesus gives It's not that they weren't afraid, but they didn't let fear stop them. So what can this day that we've just read about in Philip's life teach us about a life of boldness? And how can we, if we choose to, cultivate boldness in our own lives and as a church? We're going to pull out two things that we can learn about the spirit of boldness and then two ways that we can grow in boldness. So firstly, the spirit of boldness frees us. When Jesus told his followers to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, it was, if you remember, because he'd said to them, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you can imagine maybe, I mean, we have no idea what they were thinking when they heard this, when Jesus had gathered them and told them this, but I wonder maybe if they were thinking, what us. We're going to take this message about you to the ends of the earth. What earth do you mean by this? How is this going to happen? And maybe there was a couple of guys over here thinking, we're going to go to Samaria. We're going to go to the land of these Samaritans that actually we're supposed to despise and look down upon and not like at all. But what do we see here? In Acts chapter 8, after Stephen's stoning in Jerusalem, Jesus' followers had scattered, some to Judea, Philip to Samaria, which is where he was when we first meet him. And if we look at our story, Philip doesn't stay in Samaria. But after he'd been there for a while, God instructed him to take the road from Jerusalem to Gaza. And this is where he meets the Ethiopian eunuch. And the fact that he was from Ethiopia is key. Because in those days, for the Greeks and the Romans, Ethiopia was actually the ends of the earth, the outer limits of the world. They literally saw it. We can read in Homer's Odyssey, if you ever read that. (laughs) It's your bedtime reading. The Ethiopia was described at the time as the ends of the earth. So here, in Acts chapter 8, we see what Jesus said was going to happen in Acts 1, happening 
But who knew that it was going to happen like this? I mean, maybe after these disciples had got over their shock of what Jesus was telling them, maybe they thought, okay, if we're going to do this, let's get a plan together. Let's make a strategy. Maybe we'll need to get together in groups. Maybe we'll need to work out. I mean, this could take years. We'll need to think really carefully about this is how this is going to happen. Who knows what they might have thought in response to what Jesus had told him. But as it turns out, taking this message to the ends of the earth looked like one man running alongside a chariot, asking another man if he understands what he's reading. It's so beautifully simple, and it's always about people. And I think, excuse me, that this big vision that Jesus had cast in reality became so normal, so livable, so doable. And this is what we talk about when we talk about living naturally supernatural lives. And this is the first thing that we can learn about the Holy Spirit, that he frees us. The spirit of boldness frees us from the limitations that we might put on God, the limitations that we might put on ourselves, the perceptions that we might carry about others who are different from us. He frees us. He is always about freeing us. He frees us from drawing lines around where we think God will or won't be present, around where God will or won't, who God will or won't empower us to speak to, where God will or won't want us to move to or want us to live. The spirit of boldness frees us from drawing lines that might have been drawn in our past by tradition or religion or media or culture or family or whatever it might be and actually frees us to open all of our lives to his whispers and his leading. He frees us to love people. And secondly, The spirit of boldness leads us to what the Father is doing. Philip was told, go south to the road. Then when he got to that road, the spirit told him, go to that chariot and stay near it. And so Philip ran to the chariot. And I don't think that God was looking down and thought, oh, guys, there's a chariot here. Maybe if we send someone there, they'll be able to start something. Let's see what they might be able to do all by themselves. The Holy Spirit led Philip to that road and then to that chariot because he knew there was an Ethiopian a high official, possibly second in command in all of the country, who had been to Jerusalem to worship and may or may not have even been allowed in the temple because he was from Ethiopia. The Holy Spirit knew that he was on his way back reading Isaiah 53, but not understanding it. And that is why the Holy, the Holy Philip, the Holy Spirit led Philip there. And if we sense the Holy Spirit leading us to a place or to a person, it is always to join in with what the Father is already doing. (laughs) It's to join him in his story of renewal across the earth, to be part of it and to help shape it. When we used to meet, some of us, I don't know if, was anyone around when we used to have church in the Piccadilly Theatre? Okay, some of us, about four of us. (laughs) Well, for those of you who don't know, we used to meet in the Piccadilly Theatre just a few um, roads away. And when we met there, there was a a group of us that just sensed God was inviting us and leading us to be present in that area in different ways. And it was just next to Soho. And I began to sense for me that God was leading me to 
start to just get to know and visit the women who were working in the flats in that area. And so I joined with another church who were already doing this. And for a few years, um, we would just go out and we would just pray around the neighborhood. And we would also just go and knock on the doors and say hi and see what happened. And sometimes it was super awkward and sometimes it was amazing. And there was this one particular night where we'd been around and we'd visited a few different flats and we were just coming to the end when I sensed that we should go back and knock again on a flat that we'd already been to but no one had opened the door to us and I just had this strong sense this strong thought that we should go back and try again and so we did and we knocked on the door and this time it was opened and we were invited in and the two women who were there were so lovely and we just started to actually have this amazing profound conversation about God and life and I had no intention of it but actually found myself sharing with them what was going on in my life at the time um, as my mum had just had two tumours removed from her ovaries and we were waiting to hear whether we would need fair, she would need further treatment or not and I just shared a little about the peace that I was sensing, not all the time, there was still anxiousness and wondering about what might happen but I also knew the peace of God as we were praying for our healing and we had a great chat and then we left and as we were leaving one of the women just came after me and she said my daughter's going through exactly the same thing as your, your mum. Would you pray too that I would know this peace and that she would know healing as well? And so obviously said yes, would love to. And we prayed and over the next few weeks as we went back and visited them, um, the, the, the woman who'd asked for prayer, she just said, I don't know what it is, but I'm definitely feeling something. And it was amazing. We actually got the news that her daughter didn't need any further treatment, but it was amazing. And God connected us on that night, just like he connected Philip and the Ethiopian. That's what God loves to do. He loves to make connections. This is what the spirit of boldness does. He leads us into the connections. God knew that evening that there was one woman walking around Soho, who had a mum who was going through this situation. And he also knew that there was another woman in a flat with a daughter in the same situation. And he connected us for that moment and for that evening. And sometimes these connections that God makes won't always make sense. Philip had been in Samaria where they'd seen loads of amazing things happen. They had seen lots of people give their lives to Jesus. And then the Spirit tells Philip to go to the desert road, the wilderness road. And this could possibly have been the dangerous road that Jesus spoke of when he told the story of the Good Samaritan and a guy that had been beaten and left for dead on this road. So can you imagine being in the center of all that was happening and then sensing the leading of the Spirit to go to the wilderness and to the desert? It might not have looked like where Philip thought he was going to go next. But as soon as he heard the whispers, he was off. I love it. He just ran. <laughs> it's such a lovely picture. And as we are led by the spirit of boldness, he will be inviting us to go somewhere. And sometimes it might be physically. Maybe it will be to go after a particular job or to <clears throat> maybe a thought comes to go to the school gate a little bit earlier. If any of us have got kids, I know that doesn't maybe apply as much in this service as in other services. <laughs> but whatever it might be for us, maybe take a different route to work one day, maybe connect with a neighbor. Maybe a thought comes to just send a message to a friend 
friend, whatever it might be, um, he will always be inviting us to go somewhere, to move to a different part of the city, to maybe go to a different nation. He will be inviting us to go. And it can also mean a going somewhere in friendship, maybe in conversation, maybe asking a question to someone we have known for ages, maybe sharing a story or an idea, whatever it might be. And the, the test that I always use if we're not sure whether it is God or not, is this going to bring more of the kingdom of God? Is this going to actually be all about love and about his presence? And if it is, we can just try it and see what happens. And as long as we do it with love, I think it's always worth a try. And so the spirit of boldness is free and he frees us and he leads us into what the Father is doing because the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit are one. <laughs> and as we join them, we're being led to where God is. We're carrying his presence and we're finding his presence, sometimes in the most unexpected places and sometimes in the most normal places. Because in the scheme of eternity, Jesus made it so clear, and we see it in this story, that he is always, always about the one. That everyone, every story, every heart, every person matters to him and is seen by him. And he invites us to live the same way too. So how do we grow in boldness? It's actually really simple. Um, and some of you might even be able to guess what um, I'm actually going to say. <laughs> but as I have said all day, sometimes the, well, actually often the most simple is the most profound and, be, and the most life-changing. God doesn't make it complicated for us. How do we grow in boldness? We cultivate friendship with God and with each other. Jesus said we're his friends, not his servants. And so a bold life of faith is a life lived in the overflow of all that we have received from him. A few years ago, I was sat in Benugo Cafe um, in the BFI on the South Bank, and I was actually taking a little bit of a break from a prayer room that we had down in Lambeth North, and we were praying for the city in this prayer room for 48 hours nonstop. Not just like one of us, but we would sign up for an hour or two, and then someone else would come in and pray for an hour or two, and so on and so forth, until the whole 48 hours was covered. And we were praying for the city and we were praying for the neighborhood and we were praying that people would come to know this love of God. And then I just went out for a coffee to have a little break and I was sat next to this guy. And the only way I can describe it is I felt this question in my mouth. And it was as if, I, the question was, have you ever thought about God? And I felt like I was actually closing my mouth to keep the question in because I so like, felt like I should ask this guy this question but as I was trying to work this out I thought oh no like he'll think I'm so weird like maybe I'll offend him if I ask him this question like this could get really awkward who knows where this could go and I actually think he might have thought I was a bit weird anyway because I was trying to work out what I was doing I was staring at him <laughs> thinking shall I ask him or not and in the end he actually got up and left and I never asked him the question um, and as he walked out, I said, I think she'll run after him. Oh no, that's even weirder. <laughs> and I just, as he walked out, I just thought, oh God, ow, I'm so sorry. I feel like I've let you down. And I, 
There was guilt that rose up, but actually more than the guilt that I felt because I don't believe God leads us into guilt, I actually more overwhelmingly sensed a sadness that I'd missed out on a moment with God. I'd missed out on a sense of partnering with God. I'd missed out on being God's friend in that moment. (laughs) And I don't know where the conversation could have gone, but all I know is that after being in this prayer room, praying for the city, in that moment I could have been in the overflow of that and I and yeah and I just thought I don't want to feel that again there are moments where we can live out this friendship with God in our everyday and there's three simple ways to cultivate friendship with God simple but actually the heart of our faith the heart of who we are is there a gift to us and they're actually things that God has gifted us with and they are read the Bible And allow these words, the words in the Bible, to be the words that shape us, the words that set our normal, the words that determine our choices and our stances and our worldview. And if we're just getting used to reading the Bible, come along to Theology Matters. Get a brilliant app on your phone that can help just give thoughts to reflect on every day. Secondly, pray. We can just be constantly praying, sharing our hearts with God. That's what prayer is. Just the everyday nature and getting to know more of his ways and just beginning to listen to him. And thirdly, keep gathering together. The disciples, when they received the Holy Spirit, were together. They gathered together. Then they were out and about living these bold lives of faith. But then they would regroup and they would have dinner together. They would pray for each other. They would encourage one another. We were meant to live this bold life together. The church is a gift to us. We're a gift to one another. And so secondly, in growing this life of boldness, we listen. We keep listening. The Holy Spirit doesn't send us off on our own on a mission and hope that we do really well. When we're being led by the Holy Spirit, it's a go and come and keep listening all at the same time. Philip heard, go to the road, so he went. Go to the chariot, so he went. And in those moments, who did he listen to? He listened to the Holy Spirit. And he also listened when he got there to the Ethiopian. It says, Philip was running alongside when he heard the man reading Isaiah 53. The spirit of boldness invites us to listen, to come alongside, to understand. And if we don't sense any other specific thoughts, to just stay present. Philip didn't go to the chariot as far as we know with a prepared speech or anything to prove. He simply went and he stayed awake and alive in the moment. And as he listened, he heard what the Ethiopian was reading and he responded with the simple question, do you understand what you're reading? Might have been a bit more puffed out, (laughs) given that he was running alongside the chariot, but who knows, maybe he was super fit, that's why God chose him. (laughs) But I love this image. Here is this important Ethiopian official in his chariot. As we said, he'd been to Jerusalem, but he's reading Isaiah 53 that he doesn't understand. Philip appears, not intimidated by his position or his appearance, but simply asks, do you understand what you're reading? It's a great way to start a conversation. And there may be some of us that will come alongside people of influence and position at times in our lives. And we're not to be intimidated by that, but continue to keep listening. What is the Father doing here? 
Philip listened to the Spirit for when he should go, and he listened in the situation to sense how he could best help and join in with what the Father was doing. And in conversations now, I have learned, sometimes as I'm just sensing in a conversation, there could be more for the conversation than where it currently is. So just keep listening and to ask God, God, is there anything I can say in this chat or any question that I could ask that could best serve this person or could bring this conversation to where you know it could go in this moment that would best open it up to something. And a a few months ago, I was in one of our services and there was um, someone that had just come into the service and I just noticed them in a different way to other people and so just started to pray for them. Um, as they were in the service I didn't know them and I just noticed them looking at the building and looking at the art and what was around on the walls and then during the two minute break and they actually got up and left and because I was on the door at the back we just started chatting and we just started chatting about the art and about the building and about the beauty of it and I just sensed it was one of those moments where I thought I'm going to ask the Father if he is doing anything here. And so I just said, just in my head, like, God, do you want me to say anything? Is there anything I can ask to this person? And I just sent the question, come to my mind, do you know who Jesus is? And I actually thought, oh, that's quite a big question um, to ask someone. Um, But actually just thought, okay, well, let's ask it and see what happens. It's a question. Um, They can take it and do with it what they will. And so I just asked the question, do you know who Jesus is? And actually it unlocked this lovely conversation because the father knew that that person had come that day because they were exploring faith and they'd come to church. And that in itself, I think, is a bold thing to do. And he knew that they didn't know who Jesus was, but that was what they wanted to know. And so we had this question, this conversation about who Jesus is, and then they went on their way and I've actually never seen them again. But I'm so grateful that in that moment, because all we ever have is the moment that we're in. And that is the moment we may never see people again, or we may journey with them for a long time. But we can be asking in this moment, Father, is there anything that I can say or ask that would serve your purpose? and serve this person here and because Philip asked the Ethiopian the question do you understand what you're reading the Ethiopian invited Philip into his chariot it said he invited Philip to come and sit with him he invited Philip into his thinking into his search for God And then he asked the question who am I reading about is it the prophet himself or is it someone else And being bold doesn't mean that we're intense or weird, but it simply means that we follow where the Father is leading. We run alongside people, we serve people, and if we're invited into more, we get in and we continue the journey and continue asking, how can I best serve you and the Father here? And I will finish with this, because at the end of this story, there is a response. At the end of this encounter, it says in response to the Ethiopian's question, Philip began with the very passage of scripture that the Ethiopian was reading and told him the good news about Jesus. And the Ethiopian responded to this good news about Jesus by asking the question, what can stand in the way of me being baptized? What can stand in the way? And the good news that that Philip 
the good news about Jesus, sorry, that Philip told the Ethiopian about can be summed up in a verse that we find in John chapter 3 in the Bible. And it says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that anyone who believes in him need never die, but can know eternal life. And this is the good news that Philip shared with the Ethiopian, that what he was reading was all about the life that we have already worshipped Jesus for this evening. And I would just like to offer us an opportunity to respond. This isn't hype. There is no pressure. This is our moment. We can make of it what we will. But it is simply an opportunity because God doesn't bully us or force us or pressure us into anything. But he does extend invites and he does allow us to choose how we will respond And it might be for some of us that we have actually been exploring faith for a little while. Maybe we feel like we've had Phillips running alongside us and we've asked questions. And maybe we want to ask ourselves today, what can stand in the way of me saying yes to this good news about Jesus? And it could be today that we might want to make a response that actually opens our hearts to this Or it could be that we might want to ask the exact same question that the Ethiopian asked. And I know David spoke about it earlier. But what it can stand in the way of me being baptised? What can stand in the way? And if you do want to know any more, Liam's done a brilliant talk on this called Taking the Plunge that's on the website. And as David said, you can come and chat or email baptism at ChristChurchLondon.org. And I can't answer either of those questions for you. (laughs) They're not my choice. They're your choice. We simply create a moment where we can respond. But what I will say is that I can... From my experience, the best decision I have honestly ever made in my life is to give my heart to Jesus and receive the life and all that he has given me since I did. And I am also so glad that I got baptized when I was 15 because that was the first moment that I tangibly sensed this love that he has. And honestly, whenever I see people getting baptized, I also always want to jump in and do it all over again. (laughs) It was such a great defining moment. What is standing in the way of me saying yes to Jesus? What is standing in the way of me being baptized? And the third way that we might want to respond this evening, what is standing in the way of me growing in this life of boldness, of the freedom that he comes to give us, of the going where he leads us, of the joining him in the story of the renewing of all things, of cultivating this friendship and listening to his purposes, not because we will then get to tell stories of when we were bold, but because as we're out and about, just like these disciples were, we will then get to tell stories of all that we have seen the Father doing in our city. And I wonder if Rich and the band (laughs) Um, would love to come back. That would be amazing. And we'll just leave a moment. I'm just going to leave a moment and maybe you just want to consider a response and then we will sing together. And we're going to sing, we lift up our eyes. We lift up our eyes to the giver of life. This is who Jesus is. I wonder if we can stand and I will pray. We will just have a moment as Rich just begins to play and then I will pray and then we will sing together. 
A common prayer that is often prayed in Acts that Paul often says is, pray for me that I may have boldness. It is a good thing to ask God for. Pray for me that I may have boldness. Father, I thank you that you have extended an invite to every one of us into this life of freedom and strength and fearlessness and love, that you have extended an invite to every one of us. And I thank you that you give us an opportunity to choose our response. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, I pray for those of us who are here this afternoon who want more of you who are hungry for more of you, more of your presence in their lives, Father, who are hungry to live this life of boldness. Father, we just thank you that you promise that when we ask, you will fulfill our hunger and you will also keep leading us on because there is never, we never get to the end of you. And so I pray simply for those who are asking for more boldness, they would receive it, that lives of faith and the stories that we would get to tell would blow our minds this evening. Father, and for those of you, for those of us who want to explore more about who you are, I pray that they would know your peace, that they would know your love, and that they would know your presence. Thank you, Father, that we can sing that you are the giver of life. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information or for further podcasts and downloads, please visit ChristChurchLondon.org.